Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And get yourselves ready, because I think we've got a very informative podcast lined up for you today. And I, I guess I have to check myself. That's not to say our other weekly conversations are not generally of great value, but I think this is this is a very intriguing topic and one that might impact you in, in ways that you might not anticipate. So we, uh, we've got some things to cover here. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, glad that uh, people were able to make time to listen to us this week. This is Jim Mitchell, and uh, always appreciate having you along for an edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. Now, joining me today will be Lavelle Law Attorney Christina Regal. Uh, Christina has been with us in the past and always enjoy our conversations. The topic that we're going to dig into a little bit today, and I'm looking forward to it, is uh, understanding, having a better knowledge of what happens when you are deposed or called to testify in a trial. Uh, maybe you've been in that situation. It, uh, it's something that uh, many of us don't deal with on a regular basis, but Christina does, and she's going to help us through it. So first of all, let's get going. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, so many conversations have taken place on this series about court proceedings, and almost always those focus on the role of the plaintiff or the defendant. And it's easy to forget that, that witnesses play a key role in a trial as well. Uh, they certainly bring a lot of information. Now, in some cases, an attorney will work with their client to help identify good witnesses who, who may be willing to appear and support the case. But in some instances, I'm sure witnesses are called to appear that really, you know, they don't want to be there. They have no choice in the matter. So how does that happen? Who exactly can be called to testify at a trial? essentially anybody. In Cook County in particular, an attorney can issue a subpoena. It doesn't even take the clerk of the court to issue a subpoena. So um, as an attorney, I can literally draft up a document that requires someone to come to court and testify or to appear in the courthouse um, in a courtroom at a certain time on a certain day. And if they don't do it, the judge could actually issue a bench warrant for their arrest. Um, It doesn't happen very often that way, but uh, a subpoena issued by an attorney is as good as a subpoena issued by a judge. And uh, if it's served properly and uh, if the right notice is given, can anyone could essentially be required to appear. Well, okay. And, and tell me about your process there. You, you mentioned as an attorney you could, you know, you can create the subpoena for just about anyone. As an attorney, as you're dealing with a case, you know, why would you choose a particular person? Why would you want someone involved? Well, as an attorney, I always want to have the best evidence possible for my case. You know, Jim, many cases settle out of court. Um, you know, I think, you know, well over 80% of cases settle out of court. But, but the, uh, the ability to actually proceed to a hearing or a trial is a very powerful tool in negotiating a settlement. Um, if another attorney doesn't have the ability to actually take their case to court and have it heard before a judge, it weakens, a bargain, it weakens that attorney's bargaining position. So every case in that sense needs to be ready for a trial um, so that there is, you know, a potential win on the other side if the other side decides they don't want to settle. Um, so with that in mind, as an attorney, I'm always thinking about the best evidence and the best people who can testify and the best documents that will bring me the best position to win in court. Um, you know, some things are 
some things such as uh, emails you know, sent by the opposing party or text messages sent by the opposing party are really good evidence. But other things, you know, in, in terms of people who witnessed something occurring, doctors, custodians of records, um, police officers, these are witnesses and um, their written statement, the bank statements themselves, the, um, the police report are, are not surprisingly, not admissible evidence. And we actually need that officer there. We need that doctor in court. We need that neighbor rather than the doctor's, you know, uh, record or the neighbor's affidavit or the police officer's report. We need those people in court to be able to testify. And so as an attorney, I'm always thinking about who's going to come to court to buttress my client's side of the story. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you've been referring to, you know, the court proceeding, can you give us just a quick overview of, of the deposition process? My, my understanding is that's sort of a pre-trial process where you gather information, and, and would those same uh, circumstances occur in that if someone is called to, to testify, then they have to sit through a deposition as well? Right. There can be discovery depositions. There can be uh, evidence depositions. Um, depositions are essentially the same as testifying in court. They're done under oath, and um, they're done with a court reporter report, you know, essentially writing down or videotaping um, every word that's spoken and um, the questions that are asked. Um, and, you know, so the standard in terms of being truthful um, is just as important in a deposition, any kind of deposition, as it is in the courtroom. So those also, as you mentioned, there are under oath. So you know, there's the truthfulness is is absolutely paramount, even in a deposition before you set foot in the court. Right, perjuries. Uh, you know, it's a crime. I mean, people have to be really, really careful to always tell the truth. So help me understand here a little bit whether it's in a deposition or in a trial. Um, someone is is subpoenaed. They they are uh, they're going to participate. Um, now I've been through at least a deposition process. And in the case I was involved with, you know, the attorney sat with me beforehand. We, we kind of prepared, and you think you're just going in and you're going to answer questions, but you have to be really careful about what to say and what information is shared. What's the preparation process if someone is called to be a witness? Um, what do you do as an attorney to kind of work with them to prepare them because they're not used to that routine? Right. That's a great question. You know, it's important, really important, I believe. You know, I mean, I'm an attorney, so, of course, I always think, you know, people are best best in testimony when they're represented by an attorney. Um, all the same, you know, I, there are plenty of people who think, well, all I have to do is go and tell the truth, and that will be enough. So I don't need to bring a lawyer. I don't need to have an attorney with me. I don't need to prepare with an attorney. I'll just go and tell the truth, and that should be enough. Um, but really, you know, what essentially a person who's called to testify is walking into is a room full of people who are suing each other, <laughs> um, people who are, you know, litigious by the very nature of what they're doing, and it is—I think—it it is something to be—it uh, is something to be careful about to um, walk into a room and be asked questions on the record um, without, you know, you know, essentially without knowing what the questions are in advance, necessarily, and um, you know, making statements that could essentially result in litigation on, you know, against you. Um, in terms of preparing, what someone would want to do is essentially go over every potential question that an attorney could think of that they, that person could be asked and, you know, figure out what the best honest answer is. Um, not never suggesting that anyone would want to go into a deposition and not tell the truth. Um, it's definitely the most important part about testifying is being truthful. Um, but, you know, there are, 
you know, ways to essentially prepare that can help you have expectations of what you're going to say. Sometimes people, uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen happen is that people will be self-effacing or that people will think that, you know, by trying to lay some blame on themselves, they will look somehow more honest than if they hadn't, and it it can get a little dicey there. Interesting. Um, We're we're talking to attorney Christina Regal of Lavelle Law Limited. Um, Talking about testifying in court, um, being a witness if you're called, and what that experience might be like, and uh, certainly getting a lot of information from Christina's experience uh, in in courtrooms over a, a number of years. Um, now, you said something very interesting in that last answer there about, you know, if you are a witness saying something that could ultimately work against you or cause you some, some legal problems, if someone participates in a, in a um, perhaps a deposition that, that then, as you mentioned, is recorded and doesn't ever get to trial or does eventually, you know, find themselves seated in a courtroom, you know, what happens to their testimony? Who sees that, and, and is that record for someone else to go and look through for some other reason? Absolutely. It, it, it can be seen by any number of people. I mean, you know, our court files sometimes are incomplete. Our, sometimes our court files um, don't have every bit of, of testimony in them, nor do they have, you know, from like a deposition, there'll be a, a transcript of the deposition and what was said at that time. Sometimes those make it into the court file, sometimes they don't. But anyone sitting in a deposition should expect that that transcript is going to end up in a court file and that's a public record that's obtainable by anyone. you know, when someone testifies in open court, that's a public proceeding. Anyone could walk in and sit down in the courtroom. Moreover, you know, many times, more, most times during a hearing or a trial, uh, there's either a recording going on or a court reporter present who's typing up every word. Um, sometimes, again, those transcripts are never ordered. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they end up in the court file. Sometimes they don't. Um, but essentially, they are public record. Um, those tapes, those transcripts can be obtained, and um, anyone who's testifying um, in any circumstance under oath in a deposition or a hearing or trial should assume that that is public record and that anyone could see it. So it's a little frightening, but I also want to circle back to what you said earlier, which is if you get the subpoena, you can't not go. I mean, whether you like it or not, uh, you've got a legal requirement to, to show up. Well, you can't, I mean, there are, yes, you do have a legal requirement to show up. It is, it is possible, however, to file a motion to quash a subpoena. So if some, let's say, let's say, Jim, that you had seen a neighbor get into a car accident and um, there was a lawsuit about that neighbor being involved in a different car accident on a different day um, and you had been subpoenaed to testify about the second car accident that happened at a different place at a different day. Um, and there was some confusion. Maybe the other side who issued the subpoena um, to you thought you were at present at car accident B rather than car accident A. You could hire an attorney, me for instance, <laughs> to file a motion to quash the subpoena, saying this person has no knowledge of this of this incident. There's been some kind of mistake. This person has no information that would be that would lead to the discovery of of evidence. And um, you know the person shouldn't. You should not have to come testify and or give a deposition and. And that could be one instance where um, you wouldn't actually have to show up, but there would be something that had to happen. Something would have to happen on your behalf. It's risky, um, 
mm-hmm. it's it, it's really risky. You risk getting a warrant issued for your arrest if you just don't come at all and don't have an attorney appear on your behalf and, and don't do anything. Sitting on your hands is not a good is not a good approach when you're subpoenaed for testimony. Yeah, well, we hear that in a lot of different instances on, on the podcast here. It's always better to do something than to try and ignore something. And, right, uh, and great, before the great. fact as opposed to after the fact. Even better, yeah. So let's say, yeah. and, and you, you've, you've kind of given me one more thing here that I want to talk about, and you've already mentioned it, so let's circle back on that. If, if uh, you know, there's a case coming up, there's a, a defendant and a plaintiff, they each have their own attorneys, one of them uh, subpoenas me to go, um, I then have every right to contact my own attorney, and can I then bring them with me to that deposition, or at least, you know, how do I get my attorney involved to make sure that wherever I go, I at least have somebody there that I can count on? You bring them with you. That's pretty much it. I mean, there there should be no instance that I can even think of where you wouldn't be entitled to have an attorney present. And uh, I would say in any instance where you're testifying under oath, you should always have an attorney present. You know, I've had clients who testified in um, other people's divorce cases and whatnot. And, you know, I've sat there and listened to the testimony. um, And, you know, the judge would not let me object to the questions of my client. But that's, you know, certainly... um, Having someone present there um, at least it, at least allows the attorney to at least allows the person to make sure that everything's uh, happening above board. So um, in any instance where um, where there's testimony under oath, an attorney is definitely should definitely be present. And and then I guess just to kind of uh, wrap things up there, um, if you receive a subpoena, um, you may not even know what it's for, or you may know what it's for and think, oh my goodness, you know. Now what do I do? So best case, always get with your attorney, find out what it's about, and then do some preparation to make sure you understand the parameters of what should or shouldn't be said and how to go about the appearance just to make sure that um, you know you are not in any way damaging either yourself or, or someone else that you might care about that's involved in the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, a lot. I can't believe we got all that in, but I do appreciate uh, Christina Regal being with us. We we always try and do our best to get a lot of uh, information here, and I want to thank her for being with us. Uh, you can find out more about Christina and her practice at LavelleLaw.com. Uh, you'll pick up some articles there that she's written, and also hear some of her past podcasts. They're also available here at uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can download them, and if you're an iTunes user. Just uh, search for Lavelle Law, and you can download information, past podcasts, and we've got hundreds of them. So take your time, find some that are of interest, and enjoy. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 